Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Last of Us is coming. We are just getting started here on show recap as we are bringing to life our coverage of the upcoming hbo zombie series hello everybody mike bloom here ready to wake the dead in a manner of speaking and kick off officially our coverage of the last of us the highly anticipated television adaptation of the hit video game of the same name from 2013 of course i am not alone in this kickoff coverage i'm here with a couple different voices that you are going to hear alongside myself throughout our coverage of The Last of Us, premiering on HBO in the primetime Sunday night slot on January 15th. First, someone who I'm sure walks around all the time with a joke book, much like Ellie herself does, the great Grace Leader. Grace, how are you? I'm good. I actually do have a joke book on my on my bookshelf. I should have got it. But no, I'm uh, I'm ready to sit down on my couch, watch the premiere, got my clicker ready. Do you guys watch, do you call them clickers, remotes? And I feel like I... I don't recognize the term, but okay, yeah. right. okay. I don't just making sure the joke landed. Yeah, right. it's, it's. I don't no. think it's a regional thing. I think it mm. more depends on the household of like changers, clickers, yeah, clickers. remotes. Anyway, I got my I clicker ready. Changers. So. Yeah, changers was changers. was. I guess it was a Bloom household specific. Is that mm. uh, a changer? A changer would be an interesting term for an enemy as well. Yeah, it makes me think of like a some sort of like shape shifting monster. <laughs> Yeah, well, the guy I'm talking to right now, of course, is not a shapeshifter. We recognize that voice. Uh, He was here for our coverage of House of the Dragon, and he's back for more HBO Magic, though I think Magic, unfortunately, is not involved here. The great Taryn Armstrong. Taryn, how are you? 
I'm great. I'm excited for for this show. I love love the game. It's a great story, great characters. Uh, there's some great people in charge of it, and uh, very very honored and happy to uh, be covering the show with you guys. Yeah, so this is but a small group of people that will be covering The Last of Us. We are truly going all hands on deck here, much like the voluminous repository of characters that occupy the space of The Last of the Last of Us in the video game perspective. We're going to have a bunch of people covering this as well. More on that in a bit. First thing I want to put out there is links, links, links. As we are entering coverage of a new show, you know we have a specific podcast feed for our Last of Us coverage. And again, to set up something we'll bring up later on, there's going to be a lot of it. So make sure you do not miss one second of it. Go to your podcatcher and take one of two RSS links and paste it in there. You can either do postshowrecaps.com slash Last of Us or postshowrecaps.com slash LOU. And we have realized, uh, Josh Wiggler and myself, through talking through preparations for this, that the acronym for the show <laughs> is Lou. Lou. Yeah. Lou. Not to if, Lou, just Lou. Nope, yeah. just Lou. If it turns Lou. out the entire time, not to give video game spoilers away, that this all was the machinations of one guy Lou. named Lou. It was yeah. right there in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. The Lou. Lou. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. So We're going to the Lou. As is natural with humans, even in a post-apocalyptic world, right? You gotta go to the bathroom. Such an odd way to start our coverage here, but I wouldn't have it any other way. This is the PSR coverage of The Last of Us, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get our heads out of the loo and into The Last of Us, a different type of loo. So again, this is the long-awaited television adaptation of The Last of Us proper, which is a video game that came out... In 2013, uh, we are, I think it was nine and a half years ago at the time we're recording this, that the game first came out. It's had innumerable re-releases, including this past summer, I believe they did The Last of Us Part 1, which was meant to be like the PlayStation 5 4K version Mm -hmm. uh, that I think is still waiting to come out onto Steam. I'm pretty sure actually it's coming out Mm -hmm. like beginning of March. The show might be over by the time people get access to it. Bit of a missed shot there. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. Not exactly great aim uh, on, on you know, PlayStation's part from that perspective, but brought a lot of acclaim at the time. Uh, lots of Game Awards wins, lots of critics, you know, best of awards. And what many, including, you know, at least myself, I don't want to speak on behalf of the two of you, would say is, if not a, one of the best video games out there, but definitely one of the best stories of a video game. And the path to video game adaptation is always a slippery slope. Mm. Uh, going all the way back to the Super Mario Brothers movie, perhaps leading to the one that's coming out now. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's been a weird rainbow road between them. Uh, and I've actually, in the middle of reading an article from The New Yorker that sort of chronicles the journey of getting this adaptation off the ground. Of course, to Terrence's point, uh, this show is being co-run by two very different people. So for, we first have uh, Craig Mazin, who uh, is most well-known for creating the show Chernobyl, the HBO miniseries. Oh, he's with- amazing. That's great. Yeah, he <laughs> is amazing. Did you like with similarly dark circumstances? Uh, so yeah. proper for that. But I think to Terrence's point, a bit of a point in the win column when it comes to adaptation here is Neil Druckmann, the creator of The Last of Us video game proper, is the showrunner. There's this entire story about 
once the game itself blew up, of course, naturally, they were knocking on his door trying to get an adaptation. Initially, it was going to be a film, uh, and he blanched at the idea at first because it was uh, being offered by the company that made the Resident Evil movies. Uh, and then secondly, mm. because he said, how do you cram this amount of you know really complicated storytelling into a two-hour feature? And Sony actually said, yeah, it's interesting. Craig Mason said the exact same thing. And he's like, wait a minute, why don't I just talk with that guy? And so the two of them have worked together and collaborated on this adaptation, uh, which features a post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, just to briefly give an overview of what The Last of Us is, for those that are not in the know, I'm not going to go into huge spoilers. Again, we'll talk about that at a different time. But just to get a view a sense as to what you'll be in for come January 15th, The Last of Us primarily takes place in a world that is 10 years after a pandemic. Stop me if you've heard this before. This pandemic, though, is a little more interesting, uh, or at least visually and perhaps auditorily so, uh, in that the human population has been infected by a strain of what are known as cordyceps, uh, which is not just the name of that one guy that showed up on an episode of The Genius. It is this freaky thing from nature, uh, a fungal parasite, that can get into the brains of ants and essentially be able to control it from within. Essentially, like, kill the ant from the inside out and then be able to move its husk of a body along to do whatever it wants. This world imagines what if that then mutated and was able to make its way into humanity. The Last of Us takes place in this setting where the world has essentially fallen apart and is still kind of in the process of rebuilding itself. Uh, right now, there are several totalitarian war zones, in a manner of speaking, which is where one of our main characters, Joel, is working in as a smuggler. And he is tasked with the ultimate smuggle, in a manner of speaking. He is tasked with shepherding this young teenage girl, Ellie, to uh, another safe location, to a, a sort of radical renegade group known as the Fireflies. And she is quite the special cargo, because as it turns out, Usually, if you are attacked by one of the infected, in a manner of speaking, you yourself become infected in true zombie logic. Ellie is the exception to the rule and may indeed be the key to stopping this pandemic once and for all. And so The Last of Us essentially just depicts the cross-country adventures of Joel and Ellie as they try to make their way to getting her to a safe place. Of course, they run into numerous hijinks and situations along the way run into a variety of colorful characters and see if they can make it out in the end uh knowing just a bit more about each other all that being said we three all have experiences with the game proper with the last of us i would just love to go around the horn and get sort of like your own origin story with the game and then when you heard, Taryn, that there was an adaptation coming, was there trepidation? Was there excitement? What were your feelings when you found out this actually was a thing? Um, okay, well, so I, I played the game when it first came out uh, and loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, probably was and still is one of my favorite games. There's even, uh, it's it's like a very story focused single player game but there, there's even like a multiplayer element mm -hmm. at, at, that that was uh in it as well that was actually really good um <laughs> that i ended up playing a lot um but 
it's it's great. Um, I I didn't really have much feeling for adaptation news because I feel like I hear a lot of adaptation news for a lot of the things that I play and read and watch. Uh, and and very rarely does it actually like uh come to fruition. So uh, I for, I just kind of ignored it for a while until I finally heard. Oh, there's a thing actually happening, and it's oh the guy that did uh the Chernobyl. Oh, and it's the the, the video. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's hopefully good. HBO, great. Oh, that'll be fun. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Grace, what about you? Yeah. So I I I own a PlayStation. I own a PlayStation Four, and I have played this game. Through, and I loved it, but I am notoriously, I do not, I, I have a hard time with like these RPG type games where I'm a very, I like to be doing more than one thing. And so I like uh, a video game. I play a lot of like MLB baseball and like sports games because I can be playing it while also like watching something on, on mm. a TV or listening to a podcast, listening to music. And so I feel like I've missed a lot of these these story games because of, of that. My like, you know, uh, I've been trying to consciously read more in 2022 and 2023, but it's hard because I'm like, oh, I'm only doing one thing when I could be I'm, doing two things, which if, is not true. It's not true. If you read yeah. the text on the screen, does that count as reading? Yeah, reading and playing a video game. Yeah. Grace, I am currently playing God of War Ragnarok. Yes. The, the play is you have headphones and listening to yes. an audiobook. Anytime anybody talks, you just pause, <laughs> you pause. the book. That's very good. There you and go. then you yes. restart it. Okay, interesting. Okay, good. I, I like that re- this is yeah. like a much nerdier version of like putting on your tunes to work That's out, right? right? Like, all right, right, I'm going into battle. Let me put on my podcast. Yeah, put on my audiobook and my podcast. Yeah. Yep. Um. But this is one that everybody was like, it's amazing. You should play it. And so I played it and it's brilliant. Uh, it, it's it's a beautiful story. I, I do. It's like up my alley in the way that it, you know, it is a post, uh, it's in a post-apocalyptic uh, world. Um, so it's, it is very sad and, and depressing at times, but that's also what I love about it. There's a lot of heart in the story. And so, yeah, it's HBO. I, I'm also excited. I think HBO sort of has one of the few grasps on TV shows that we all watch together <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, between the white Lotus um, and house and of the dragon, house of the dragon and uh, succession and euphoria, even, even if that last season wasn't great. It's like one of the few shows we all watch together at the same time on Sunday nights. Um, and so it, it's very exciting. I think that this is going to be one with, with, I mean, Pedro Pascal uh, uh, being the lead here, I think uh, not to be, to be overlooked. Uh, uh, I, I love Mandalorian. I think my favorite Star Wars property. Uh, I know Andor got a lot of love, but I, I just love Pedro Pascal. And so him playing a Joel here, our smuggler, I think is like supreme casting. It's it's so good. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, to uh, re-engage with this game. And and I'm not somebody who's played a ton of these video games. Like There's a ton that I feel like I'm missing out on in terms of these really great stories. But I think the thing that kept me going was yeah there's definitely it's definitely a video game like you're, you you play through it but it, it, it's such a good story that just keeps you wanting to to play and it's perfect to be um to be adapted in a tv show i think much more than you know i didn't play uncharted but i know that movie was uh, a little bit critically uh, a pan something like sonic is one yeah, of the most successful are... like i don't know how but yeah sonic 2 was actually great sonic 2 was yeah great. sonic 2 I was very agree. i mean much like the game property i believe uh, neil Druckmann was asked in said new yorker piece about the uncharted movie because he actually yeah. worked he was part of one of the ones that helped it's create like company. uncharted 2 and he was like right. yeah they were fun yeah they were enjoyable yeah. with no yeah. offense to, to tom holland but yeah my, my own history and I, I don't know if i've talked about this i am far too anxious of a person to play mm-hmm. video games so mm-hmm. i adore let's plays i adore watch i adore watching streamers like Terran 
play through the games to get the experience and get their genuine reactions. And it's sort of the, the modern day comparison, right, of like sitting on a couch with your friend playing through this game, trying to puzzle it through, et cetera, just maybe without that interactive element. So I came onto it watching some of my favorite streamers play shortly after it did come out in 2013. And it definitely stuck with me as well in that the game itself is... It's survival, but it's not like survival horror in the way that we're used to. Uh, it is very like resources based, right? Like you're picking up very scant supplies. It's a lot about ammo management, as an example, when it comes to building Huge weapons. Huge part of the game, yeah. Yeah, you and much like bullets, yeah. And yeah. much like Un Uncharted, it's, it was this decision of every time you walk into a firefight, it's like, how much stealth do I use? How much do right. I just go in? Guns literally blazing. But amidst that, those are almost like the smaller features of it are a lot of these moments, especially between our two leads. But to me, you know, the the like vignette quality of it, where obviously, again, it's a bit of a travelogue. They're trying to go cross-country, and every day they come into contact with people, they meet various people, and they sort of leave them. Uh, and I think using that as a glimpse into not only these two characters, but like life in this world, I thought was a really cool storytelling strategy that I'm hopeful will probably happen in this as well. Again, not to get too, too much into like the cast beyond the main two, but there are several roles from the video game that were cast. So I'm assuming they're going to show up in the same way that they did in the video game. And that the downtime stuff honestly really excited me the most because it was just such fantastic writing uh, and such fantastic characterizations as well in the video game by Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, both of whom will luckily appear in at least cameo roles uh, in fun. the show. Yeah, they're showing, they showed up in the pilot, uh, which is, I'm sorry, in the in the trailer, which mm. is very exciting. So happy that their sort of legacy is acknowledged as well. But yeah, as you talk about these two leads here, a couple of HBO veterans as well right. in their own right in Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey, Liana Mormont herself as Ellie. And I could not be more excited for both of these people. Pedro Pascal has now made it a late career move to just be the guy consistently saddled with this young, precocious child. It's my favorite trope. Uh, uh, our friend Rich will know that I uh, talk about this a lot, that like you could just get me uh, by uh, pairing uh, an adulteress to take care of a child. Uh, it's uh, my favorite trope uh, movies ever. Uh, and I love it. Uh, Mando did it great. And now we're going to get it again here. I love yeah. it. Taryn, any thoughts uh, as a Game of Thrones, you know, fan yourself about the casting of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey? Well, first of all, Grace, uh, have you seen Upright, the show Upright with Billy no. Alcock? Because uh, you might love that. Okay, um, I'll check that out. <laughs> on my list. Yep. Uh, she's amazing in it. It was before yeah. uh, before uh, House of the Dragon. Um, but uh, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about this. I, I obviously I don't know a lot about um, what was it, Bella Ramsey was her name? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we saw her in uh, in Game of Thrones. I feel like she had a very particular performance in that show. Uh, and um, this role, I think, is going to be very different. So uh, I, I'm optimistic. I feel like if they cast her, they must have a lot of faith in her. And I think she was fantastic in that particular role. So uh, I'm definitely very hopeful for what she can bring to this role. And then... Um, you know, I think Pedro Pascal is is incredible in everything that he does. I think that this has the possibility for as fun as like Mandalorian is. Like he doesn't have a lot of uh, opportunity to really do a whole lot uh, with his face. Doesn't do a lot of face acting. Yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. In Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like this might be like his role. Like this might be the 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 best yeah. role he's he's ever had. Uh, because there's so much that can be done with it, and it's such a, a good role. Um, and uh, and and 
and and I think the thing about this story is that it is, you know, it's not very original. It's it's look, it's oh. a zombie story, and it's yeah. yeah, it's taking care of a kid in a zombie story. Um, it's it, you know, it's it's not bringing necessarily a whole lot new to the table in terms of its world or its plot. But what it does really well is that it does all of those things really well. The world is really detailed and intricate and realistic in as much as it can be. Uh, the plot feels uh, compelling and desperate and, and important. Um, and mainly the, the, the most, uh, the, the biggest part of it is that the characters are the focus. The characters mm-hmm. are so, so yeah. deep and compelling uh and that's the the whole story is is really just everything else is there to service the characters and i i think that that means that there's going to be a lot to work with for these actors um and and it's what really draws me to the story and 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 its potential here because it's so uh compelling to watch characters that that feel real and that you like really care about as they move forward. And I think that's the thing that makes it stand out uh, over any other zombie story or anything like that uh, is that the characters should feel consistent. They should feel real. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's going to be something that, that really stands out like game of Thrones in a fantasy world where the fantasy world is almost secondary to how important the characters are, at least when it's good and not bad when it's exciting. (laughs) Well, I think that's a really valid point because to reveal a bit behind the curtain here, we are also dropping this kickoff podcast in our feeds for House of the Dragon and for The Walking Dead. And I'm not going to, you know, just boil this show down to, oh, it's Game of Thrones prestige level meets The Walking Dead in terms of a zombie story. But I do think there is a lot of common DNA. Uh, Mm. I think to Terrence's point, for fans of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, you got that HBO money and you've got the care that most of the time they put into their series with complex characters, with sprawling narratives, with traveling across a wide variety of worlds. Game The, the game itself is sectioned off by season. And so there's a lot of changing environments therein as well. And a lot of different stories being told. Walking Dead, obviously there are similarities uh, given, you know, the, the post-apocalyptic zombie version of it all. And maybe what some people forget about The Walking Dead, right, is like those that's old school vibes that had the show going on for a decade plus, at least the original one. This idea of really compelling characters to that point you mentioned, Taryn. Yes, occasionally zombies will show up, but most of the time it was about people sort of surviving against other people, right? That the zombies were a constant threat Mm -hmm. coming on and sometimes the characters would have to suffer from that. But most of the time, the most dangerous things were the people that they were facing with. And that is certainly a vibe of The Last of Us as well. So for those of you that are listening out there that have not checked out this type of media before in The Last of Us, but you are into the majesty and the scale and the effort of a Westerosi-based show, or those 2011 nostalgic vibes of The Walking Dead where things felt smaller and uh yet you know more earned and more emotional perhaps uh and you know less sharp jumpy when it comes to the walking dead grace i feel like this would be the show for those types of people yeah and i think i think now's a a fair time to also say i think when you're talking about you know dropping in the house of the dragon feed it is an hbo show i i will say that this is this is a 
uh, it can be at times a very dark story. And I think yeah. that there were similar feelings. You know, recently I listened to Josh and Antonio count down the top 10 TV shows of 2022. House of the Dragon rates very highly. I'll not spoil the results, but it also comes up in uh, the worst show of the year. People are like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't need this sort of like very depressing uh, thing. I think the big difference here is that this is not necessarily a show about bad people. It might be about uh, decisions people have to choose to make in terms of the scarcity of a world, living in a post-apocalyptic world, in terms of some of the decisions you have to make and some of that stuff you were talking about earlier about um, that the real enemy is is other people and what you're, you know, what you choose to do in order to to try and survive this like post-apocalyptic world. Um, but the show, the 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 game. Can be very sad at times and very yeah. and very dark. It, it again, I want to like note like it has a lot of heart to it. I think as well in terms of like the humanity in terms of the people who are left, but it also will sort of break your heart at times. And oh, so I do think that that's like something to just flag for people as you're like I, I don't know that this is like every week is going to be like a heartwarming show you can watch on Sunday night. I think in the vein of. House of the Dragon, uh, even White Lotus, like it's an HBO show. Uh, it will be, you know, it will have its moments where you're like, oh, God, <laughs> OK, I guess I'm going to go to bed and wake up and go to work in the morning. I guess I have to do that now. Um, so, yeah, just I think to throw that out there. But I think it's, you know, it's a it's a, a, a beautiful story. I think, yeah, the mashing of those two um, uh, feeds that it's dropping in and the House of the Dragon feed, Game of Thrones feed and then the Walking uh, uh, Dead feed. I think, yeah, it, it, I think it is a, a good mishmash of those of those two things. Yeah, hopefully the best of both like yeah. if, if yeah. you if you wanted to like the walking dead more but couldn't because it mm. sometimes felt too like forced or cheap or uh you know like the characters sometimes served the plot rather than the other way around uh hopefully this show uh will will scratch that itch that that you were looking for uh or frustrated that you couldn't with with the walking dead um so yeah we'll see yeah and when it comes to like even just the longevity of it, right? Because that's the thing about The Walking Dead is uh, fittingly, it's a show that will never die given its inimitable amount of spinoffs. Uh, I believe we're going to get, I think, like nine or 10 episodes of uh, The Last of Us, but I don't I know it's if it's nine. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if there's been any discussion of like, where do we continue? I know certainly a question that will be had for other podcasts that again, I'll set up on the course of this kickoff podcast will be like, where do they end? season one i mean do we anticipate this to be the type of show that you think would go on for other seasons if given the chance or do you think this is more in the what white lotus originally was going to be right the more limited series all wrapped up in one season taryn i in my mind it, it makes sense for the first season to be the first game uh there is a sequel uh, there's a, a sequel game uh, that could theoretically be another season of television. Um, it's it's again like it's not The Walking Dead. It's not really a show that can just go on indefinitely. Like it tells a very tight story, uh, and and every every part of it is very purposeful. So it would really and and the fact that we have the the person who wrote the story as one of the show writer uh, showrunners, um, you know, I don't think we're gonna div divert too much away from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it would surprise me if it went for more than like uh, a couple of seasons. Like, I could see maybe, it, you know, there, if maybe there's enough content to like fit, you know, uh, the first game into two seasons or something like that. But, uh, honestly, in my mind, at least more realistically, uh, one season per game makes more sense. 
Um, and so it will probably be a, a fairly limited run uh, in, in my mind. What's your prediction, Grace? Um, I th I think I I'll, I'll say that it's it will not cover the full first game. Uh, that it will. There's I think there's a specific point in the game which we can talk about uh, at a later time that I think makes some sense as where and I think I saw this in the Discord uh, uh, the other day that I think there's a point that would make sense as somewhat of a um a bit of a a cliffhanger to the season. I definitely think this is a show that will be more than one season. I think that you don't buy The Last of Us you know, the rights to make the game without knowing that you have, not only do you have a sequel, there's also a small like spin-off, mm. uh, like uh, yeah, the, there's a, Left Behind. Yeah, so it's a DLC content after the release of the first game called Left Behind that I believe is confirmed at least through like footage that we saw from the trailer will have stuff included. Essentially, just be added in. Yeah, 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 left left behind uh, gives Ellie's sort of side of the story before she meets Joel. So I think it well, would make also sense. Also, adding content to, to the section that I think makes sense to maybe end it. There's also some additional content from um, the DLC content. So I, I think that, you know, and then also I, I wonder too whether like how much do they do they want to flesh out the rest of the cast? Because the, 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 the game really is focused on these two characters and their in their journey. How much? You know, might they play around? I've heard it. I from what I've heard, it's very faithful uh, to the video game. I think that makes sense. The video game, it, it's essentially like playing a movie. Um, so I think it does make sense that it will be very faithful. But I do think that you know, and this is like my skeptical part of my brain is like you know my cynical like capitalism brain is like they can make more out of this. So I I feel like the they kind of get two thirds of the first uh, first game. And then you jump into the next one with like you do the end of the first game, maybe some of that DLC content and, and head into the second um, season. I, it just does feel like, you know, this is one you can run for at least a few a few seasons. I worry about the the fact that we don't really know, I think, is something that uh, worries me a little bit uh, just in terms of uh, like what is their plan? Uh, it, it does reassure me that it's the person who wrote the game is like involved in the writing of the TV show. So there's at least that that it won't feel like, OK, we're going to get past sort of the written content a la A Game of Thrones. But at the same time, I, I, I think um, it just feels like there's, you know, if it does really well, it feels like it's a super like people are really jazzed about this show. I have to say there's people in the discord who are like, I have not been more excited about a show in a very long time. I feel mm -hmm. like there's a lot of energy and buzz. I'll put on, on another prediction on the table that I bet coming out of the finale, it gets renewed for season two. Uh, it's exactly what happened with House of the Dragon, right? Like they had the premiere and then yep. it got renewed for season two. So I could see the same thing. They just want to like test the waters. I think it will do well. It's like, the one again, one of the only things that like gets buzz these days is like a Sunday night HBO show. So that's my prediction. Gets renewed immediately. The buzz of a firefly. Buzz yeah, buzz. I mean, what's interesting is because of the pov aspects and almost the limitations or the confines that they put themselves in with the narrative of the last of us like we said we're seeing everything through joel and ellie's eyes so when we encounter a character they're in our purview when we leave we don't really talk about them again i'm really curious taryn to grace's point do you think there's a chance they make this a bit more of an ensemble show. I mean, looking at some of these other people that were cast in roles, and I won't talk too much about their equivalents perhaps in the game, A, to not spoil things, and B, because we don't exactly know what their involvement is, but someone like Gabriel Luna is in there, Anna Torv uh, from Fringe. Of course, you spoke about the White Lotus, uh, Emmy winner Murray Bartlett is in there. We mm -hmm. saw Nick Offerman has a big appearance, Metalie Linsky from Yellow Jackets. So there's a good amount of people that are appearing in here. What do you think the chances are, Taryn, that 
they use this opportunity, Druckmann in particular, to be like, okay, now we can show more scenes that don't have to have Joel and Ellie in them. I I would mm-hmm. uh, I would be a little skeptical of that concept. Um, I think part of what makes the story work is how focused it is, um, and 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 I think that uh, I think there are ways to make it work, but uh, but I think that like the it, it, like I said, like the world as for as detailed and 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 intricate and 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 great as it is is not like the most original thing in the world. So like uh, what makes the story unique again is is the characters and how focused we are on them. And there are like particular payoffs to me that uh, that just don't function as well if we're not like tight in on these characters. Um, which isn't to say that it can't work. Uh, I think that we could absolutely add some things here and there. Um, especially if it is, you know, we, uh, Gracie mentioned Andor, like Andor is a Mm. great example of a show that was able to stay relatively tight on the main cast of characters, but like every few episodes, it would dive into a new setting and we'd get those, like, we'd get like deep perspectives on those characters and then safely leave them behind to a degree. I think that's something that we could do. Uh, Mm. like, Hey, this is the episode uh, or the maybe even the couple of episodes that we meet Nick Offerman or whatever uh, or whoever else the you know whoever what other stars are going to be there um, let's let's explore who these people are give them some scenes really dive in deep and then it's okay to leave them and not have to like be checking in with them all season long if that makes sense right so uh, mm-hmm. I think that you know maintaining a focused journey for me, is something that I'm I'm looking for, but uh, you know, again, I'm open as long as they're able to 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 do it well. Yeah, how about you, Grace? How much do you want to see this become an ensemble type of show? I I don't know that right now I do, but I think what can happen is when somebody shows up and they really pop off the screen, like if somebody's there, and and not to say you know I don't want this to be like okay, this person is so compelling that we can't like you know this is a post-apocalyptic world, but essentially a zombie apocalypse. You know, we're all infected, pandemic world presumably people will be infected uh i don't want like you know uh this is i think a bit of a critique of of the walking dead that at the beginning of the walking dead it did kind of feel like anything anything goes uh and later on it was like well we can't do that anymore because they all need to be in their own spin-offs um but uh you know i think that if uh it depends if they found the right the right people and and i think from the the writer's perspective if he you know, if he feels like there's juice to squeeze that and to, to enhance the story and specifically enhance um, a Joel and Ellie's story, then that's, that's worth it uh, to me. I think that that's the the key. I think so what you're talking about is that we want to be tight on Joel and Ellie and it is their story. And I think there is something about the way that the game works. That was, that was very fun in terms of uh, the seasonality of it and the places uh, uh, we are um, and that people come in and out of their lives. And I think that that worked really well uh, uh, for the game because it, it, it did feel like you're on their, their journey. And so I do think that that can work in a TV show as long as if we get other characters perspectives or side stories or what have you, I do think ultimately they should be in there to serve our two main characters of the show. So, Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm just really excited for this pairing of showrunners i feel like they complement each other really well again i go back to this new yorker piece where even from a personality perspective it seems like neil Druckmann is like kind of more of an insular introverted guy and then you have craig mazin who's like a little bombastic and is like singing show tunes with the costumer and i feel like they balance each other out in that way and i also feel like you kind of have the benefits of both sides of the video game to tv adaptation of the video game guy is able to, I think, really hone in on the essence of it at the end of the day. When it comes to adaptations, for me, all that matters is less so, oh, you kept in this line and you didn't keep in this line. It's more so just like, is the essence, is the heart or the soul, the themes, are they all prevalent there? You know that Neil Druckmann's going to absolutely do that, uh, considering his history. And I think if he looks at this as an exciting opportunity to build out this world even more and flesh out the characters therein, I think it's a really exciting opportunity. But then you also have Craig Mazin, who's able to then say, okay, but then how do we turn that into a television show? You know, yeah. I'm sure Neil Druckmann's coming in with these ideas that he's going to be able to actually spin strong to gold, Taryn. Yeah, and, and and the thing, I don't know a lot about Druckmann, but, but you know, just judging from the work that I do know he's done, he he's, uh, he's willing to be daring with his storytelling. He's willing mm. to make decisions uh, with story that might, be controversial uh in in kind of like a a story way not not like a real real world way um and so i really like that he's daring in his storytelling um and and honestly we talk about like video game adaptations that don't tend to work uh as adaptations i think the last of us even though i loved the game and i think it adds to the story in a lot of interesting ways it it almost works better not as a video game than as a video game uh especially for me like the second one um, so I think it's uniquely suited to be adapted here. And, um, I think that we have lots of examples or at least a couple of examples now where, you know, George R. R. Martin being involved in when he was game of Thrones and house of the dragon, like, Oh, thumbs up. This is great. 
uh, you know, uh, the the writers of uh, The Expanse being involved in The Expanse mm. show. This is great. Like if you if you get the writers involved, they don't need to be in charge of everything. But if they are mm. at least like and they have a huge say, then they can really make sure that everything works the way that it should. Um, and I think that there's a lot of reason to have a lot more faith in uh, in in how these things play out when uh, you have that person there. And then the fact that the person running with Druckmann is somebody that now has a good track record of making uh, a show about Chernobyl, uh, mm-hmm. a massive hit that was also very like artistically sound. Um, yeah. Like that's that's a good person to be working with. Uh, Craig Mason has a wild IMDb. He yeah. starts yep, yep. Uh, like really he gets he has a couple things, but he writes for Scary Movie Three, Scary Movie Four, and the superhero movie before then getting uh, for the Hangover Part Two and Part Three. And then he does TV and he's doing Chernobyl and he writes on Mythic Quest. Now he's doing The Last of Us. Very interestingly, he's also uh, writing uh, for Borderlands, which is going to be a movie, which I think TBD on when it's coming out. Um, But uh, so very interesting that it's kind of at the same time, he's going to, well, he's going to have The Last of Us, a TV series uh, video game adaptation. And then he's also going to have this um, this movie. Apparently, Kate Blanchett is starring in Borderlands, the film. I I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) No, Kevin Hart, too. I don't know. Jack Black, Jamie oh, Lee Curtis. Oh, Kevin Black is definitely claptrap. We're, we're, I'm not. I, I'm not. Yeah, Jack Black is claptrap. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Jack Black is claptrap. That's Kevin Hart is Roland. Uh, anyway, but like, uh, very fun that he's sort of like, yeah, he comes from the scary movies, which is hilarious. Then does Chernobyl, um, and it's just, I think it's very. I think the mixture of sort of like doing this, like, yeah, this like apocalypse, like it's a Chernobyl, not apocalypse, but like the nuclear reactor meltdown, like the like danger, stress, anxiety of that. Uh, I think feels very fun for him to like transition into the last of the show mm. so, yeah speaking of uh video game adaptations Taryn, i know this you know is in the middle of several of your venn diagrams did you hear about the god of war adaptation show run mm. by rape judkins i did yeah that's <laughs> um that's interesting um <laughs> Uh, I like Rafe, uh, I feel like is getting a lot of heat on the internet right now yeah. for Wheel of Time. I really liked Wheel of Time. Uh, yeah. I think that he is getting way too much heat for Wheel of Time personally. Um, that said, uh, I think uh, having another entire new show being announced that he's running is like that's a little scary. Like, mm-hmm. the Wheel of Time is a big enough project as it is. I don't know what's going on with God of War now. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I'm interested to see if anything actually comes of it and, and what it looks like, uh, if they, if, if something does come of it, uh, I think God of War is a much more difficult, uh, game to adapt. Uh, the more recent ones, um, uh, a little bit easier, uh, a little say, more another in the style child of dynamic would be nice to exploit with between the last, <laughs> and there is another parent child dynamic there. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I you know, it's, I think The Last of Us is something that uh, I think we can bank on hopefully a lot more than uh, than I would God of War at this point in time. But uh, hey, you never know. We got there's a lot of uh, uh, video game adaptations in in the work. Gran Turismo, I think, comes out uh, this summer. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Death Stranding, uh, Saints oh, is, Row. Is Norman I think. Reedus gonna? I th- <laughs> I would assume I would assume so uh, because it, like that that thing just looked like a movie. But a lot coming down the pipe. One I was thinking the other day, got to be like Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto. Got to be made into a movie. Red, that, just, that feels like money on the table, right? Oh, yeah. For them not Red to Dev- do those movies at some point. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Well, maybe I feel like when Westworld was really popular back in like 2016, yeah. that would have been the perfect time yeah. for Red Dead Redemption. But they yeah. could still bring it back, right? The Western is a, is a timeless genre, so I feel like 
it's got to happen at some point. But I think to that point, the wheels are already in motion. If we see this become incredibly successful, I think this could be a game changer, much like we saw Game of Thrones kind of be for the future of fantasy on television. This could, I think, bring in a lot of success and make these maybes definites to Terrence point. Yeah. And, and it's also, it's, it's great for, I would imagine like cross promotion. Like I think that like one of the benefits of adapting a book really well is that the book sales yes. like skyrocket afterward yes. a video game. I feel like even more so can benefit from that. Like watching edge runners, cyberpunk edge runners, uh, made me want to play cyberpunk, and yeah. I know it made a lot of people yeah. want to play cyberpunk <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you can you can watch a show yeah. that that exists in this world, and then say like, "Hey, now I get to go jump into that world yeah. uh, in something that's not a video game adaptation of a movie, which is usually bad, but something that was successful enough and good enough as it's on its own as a video game uh, that's going to be great." Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of good synergy there that can happen if you can do it well. Uh, and you know, I don't think last of us is something that like super benefits from that in particular, because last of us is such a, again, such a, a, a tight story that it's not like, well, let me look, jump into the world of the last of us. It's like, let me experience it in a video game format. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of these other, uh, properties like, Hey, let's explore this world. And then, hey, you get to jump into that world. I think there's a lot of uh, promise there. So it doesn't surprise me that we're kind of experimenting in that in that area. Yeah, people should tell me what else I should play. If I, uh, I'll listen to audiobooks or podcasts while I play. But, but Rick, what else? What else is like, you know, I really love Last of Us in terms of being a very story driven. Again, I talk about it like feeling like you're playing a movie. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I tried, I've, I've recently tried to get into Elden Ring and all this stuff. I was like, this is really hard. I wish it was easier. Oh. You know? Elden Ring uh, is great. Very different, yeah. but very great. Uh, yeah. I mean, God of War, the recent God yeah, of God Wars, of War. uh, yeah. Yeah. took a lot of inspiration from The Last of Us. They're very similar in, uh, in how they play and how the story is told. Um, and, uh, and the first one, especially I thought was, was told really well. I'm like in the middle of the second one right now, mm -hmm. not liking it quite as much, but still good. Um, and so, uh, that's definitely one that I would, I would, you know, look into if, uh, yeah. People have suggestions tweet me tweet, uh, at high from grace or mess with me in the discord. Yeah. Uh, cause thank you. Yeah. This would be, this is fun. It'll be very fun. I, I would say actually, uh, very similar to the last of us in both like heady themes and the survival aspect. Have you played any of the Bioshock games? No, I've never, I haven't played any of them. No. I think the Bioshock games you'd be interested in. I mean, they're very mm. different in the in the settings that they create. I think it's a little more twisty, turny, but I think it's, it's pretty invigorating in and of itself, specifically the first game and the third game, which are wildly different. And the third one in particular just goes like out of control by the end of it. But I think those are interesting, like narratively surprisingly complex uh games yeah like they they play very differently and they are more video gamey mm -hmm. uh but they do really interesting things with the video gamey format right. uh that that are worth uh exploring if, if you're enjoying it well let's actually talk about perhaps more venues to talk about this game mm -hmm. and video games in general let me announce the slate of podcasts for a coverage of The Last of Us. I'll talk you through a week in The Last of Us coverage over the course of the next nine weeks or so. So again, January 15th is going to be the premiere. Sunday nights were a little over two weeks away at the time this podcast is being released. And much like with House of the Dragon, first thing you're going to get on a Sunday night after the episodes release as soon as we can, 
a nice old recap with Grace and myself. We will once again be the boots on the ground, breaking down the uh, episode scene by scene, giving our immediate reaction to the episode. Grace, very excited to do that with you again. Yes, should be very fun. Uh, like trying to just like, yeah, get the zeitgeist, what everyone's thinking immediately. Uh, I'm sure we'll nail it perfectly. No, it'll be very mm -hmm. fun. Exactly. Yeah. Set our aspirations so high that they, right. they cannot be met. That is the true Last of Us way. Well, then, very short turnaround to the beginning of the week where, of course, we had the book club for House of the Dragon. We wanted to recreate the success of that. And so we have been talking so much about the story of The Last of Us. Only appropriate because these two people I'm talking with, Grace and Taryn, are going to be anchoring The Last of Us video game spoiler club. Mm. So this is going to be talking through the episode that just aired on The Last of Us from the perspective of someone who has played The Last of Us Part 1 or the first Last of Us game the whole way through, as was the book club, certainly looking back on, okay, how did this section of the show compare to this section of the game? And I'm sure Taryn lots of speculation as to what can come next, uh, how things might deviate, and ultimately a question that I asked earlier, where the season could end. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure like the uh, House of the Dragon book club, uh, we will do non-spoiler uh, sort of analysis first so mm -hmm. that uh, if you want to get a sort of like deeper look at uh, at things without being spoiled from a, you know, somebody who knows the story, you can sort of listen to that first. And then in the in the second half or at, toward the end, we'll uh, we'll play the the spoiler uh, song we oh have. we should yeah we should someone should write that for us please. yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody write and it artistically then, on guitar if you right. played the game you understand that yes yeah. yes uh so that should be that should be a lot of fun especially again because uh at the with this one we are looking at the the person that wrote the original story That's being right. part of the adaptation so uh being able to sort of like look at how it's being adapted and what kind of changes are being made for what purpose uh, for me is, is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I, I always think uh, when we were doing uh, the Sandman coverage earlier this year, I was Neil Gaiman was very involved. And I think he said this in an interview that was like, there's some changes I wanted to make. Like people were like, why did you change that? And he's like, I thought it needed to be changed because it's yeah. a TV show and it's 2022, you know? And so I think I always think that's really interesting that some of these changes might actually be for the person who like wrote the original thing. Like, you know, some of you write things, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have wrote it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I they said that it. about the expanse too. Yeah, yeah, because they were like, well, we we fixed some things. We, yeah. and the, it's a lot Another of some shot. of the changes in the expanse were better than the books. Yeah, uh, so that should be should be very fun. Consider us like you're like uh, you know, it's this show is potentially not a show to safely Google about. So mm -hmm. uh, feel free to use us as your Google uh, machine if you like want to message us and be like, did that actually happen in the show? We'll tell you yes or no. Uh, or yeah, kind any of. kind of questions. Yeah, 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 uh, uh, and yeah. And I'll also suggest if you are looking to like, okay, I've never played the game before. I want to watch a watch through to find out what might be happening so I can catch up with the video game spoiler club. Uh, there's one thing I can suggest. I'm actually mm. in the middle of watching a playthrough right now on YouTube with uh, a user by the name of Darkness. And it is phenomenal uh, mm. because tragically, uh, Darkness had lost his brother shortly oh. before playing the game of The Last of Us without getting into too much, uh, even just looking at the post-apocalyptic environment, obviously The Last of Us deals a lot with loss and yeah. grief. And the way he palpably and like immersively walks through the game and walks through the characters' perspectives, kind of having that outside factor weighing on his mind, I think is incredibly well done. So 
Listen, uh, actually, I'll talk about coming up. There may be another playthrough you can follow along sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, in the lead up to the 15th, if you're like, let me check out as much of the game as possible, I very much recommend that playthrough. Very fun. All right. So later on in the week, we have yet another return of a podcast introduced in our House of the Dragon coverage. The Versus podcast is back and it will be Josh Wiggler, who will be doing a lot of great coverage of The Last of Us over on Vanity Fair throughout this season. Give him a click. He's going to be doing podcasts. He's going to be doing articles as soon as the episode drops. So please give Josh those sweet, sweet clickaroos. But he'll be back with LaTanya as they're going to be talking through, obviously, again, the episode that just aired, but comparing it to another show. Uh, I will not announce what that show is. I will leave it to them to announce. They'll be doing their own sort of introductory kickoff show at a later date leading up to January 15th. But I will say uh, it does have a lot in comparison. It's a HBO show. It's a fantastic show, if albeit a bit underseen. Uh, deals with another post-apocalyptic society. Again, more coming in that kickoff show, but very excited to have that keep going. So let's say you're somebody who is interested in The Last of Us video game, but you unfortunately uh, do not want to find out too, too much uh, through the great stuff that Grace and Taryn are doing, and you want to live vicariously through people discovering it for the first time. Do I have a show for you? A new addition to our podcast series for The Last of Us. There's also going to be, in addition to the video game spoiler club, there is going to be a first playthrough as depicted through podcasts of The Last of Us. It's going to be Brooklyn Zed and Jess Sterling. Of course, Brooklyn Zed has been anchoring a lot of our first play coverage, video game coverage here on Post Show Recaps, mainly through Final Fantasy. And so they and Jess are going to be essentially going through the game. I'm assuming every podcast is going to be them kind of, of course, reacting to the episode, but also talking through a portion of the game that they had played. It's a really fun perspective to be able to compare that first watch, I'm sure, to, again, the, the sort of quote-unquote rewatch perspective that Grace, you and Taryn are talking about. And the last thing that'll sort of get peppered in throughout the season are more miscellaneous bonus podcasts feedback shows of course there are a lot of people who will probably want to talk about this show no matter what their level of experience may be with the source material so i'll be coming to you throughout the season with a wide variety of voices across the psr and rhap universe we'll be answering feedback we'll be getting their perspective maybe we'll be playing some games along the way as well so lots of different outlets we are really quintupling down i suppose on our last of its coverage and that's not even talking about maybe the occasional rob and josh stuff as well so i mean if you weren't excited about the last <laughs> of us by the end of this podcast the fact that there's going to be four maybe five maybe six podcasts a week basically a podcast a day covering every episode of this show just goes to show how all in we are on this concept yeah full coverage week to week I yeah so that being said, as I mentioned, and now I think you know why I'm making this clear, if you do not want to miss a minute of our coverage mm. of The Last of Us, make sure you subscribe. Again, uh, postshowrecaps.com slash last of us or postshowrecaps.com slash Lou, L-O-U, will bring you to our podcatcher feed for our specific Last of Us feed. While you're there, rate, review uh, when a fledgling podcast feed is starting out for a fledgling show. Any and all eyes on it are greatly appreciated. The more reviews and ratings that are left early on, the more people get to see it and hear it. 
true clicker style, which makes it very excited. We know several listeners that have happened through post-show recaps by way of listening to our coverage of Severance, of House of the Dragon, of the White Lotus, and discovering all the other great stuff that we do. So please subscribe mm-hmm. to our podcast feed. Give it ratings and reviews as well to get it up in those charts so that once the 15th comes around, we can hopefully become one of your go-to Last of Us podcasts. To finish things off, uh, let's go around the horn here. If you want to give out your social media handles, anything else you might be working on here in the lead up to The Last of Us, and any final thoughts about this show as we are on the precipice of less than a fortnight away to reference another video game, I suppose, about <laughs> watching this television adaptation of this video game. Grace, we'll start with you. Um, uh, We're embarking on a dark rewatch here on Post Show Recaps. PSR goes dark. Rich, Ariel, and I uh, covering that show. Full spoilers for all three seasons of the show. A wonderful, uh, fully finished show. Come come along for the ride with us on that. Ariel and I cover movies each week. Uh, recently covered The the Whale. We should be covering that soon. Uh, Babylon, a three hour wild movie that maybe is too much movie i don't know um and then that features call, shane yeah. powers i knew that it does feature shane power he in like a more, more than a couple of scenes so um yeah and then uh, over on rob is a podcast of roll call the board game show i recently played king of tokyo it was very fun show another episode coming out soon uh i'm on twitter at high from grace you can dm me you can fully spoil me i've played all the games so uh, if you have feedback or questions or uh, uh you know whatever um for this for the show for either the recap or the video game club feel free to reach out to me there also you can reach me at grace at postsharecaps.com if you're more of an emailer so um yeah that's me taryn i know that we are only a few days into 2023 yet the reality tv mills have already started to churn what do you have going on in terms of coverage uh well we're currently covering the circle season five uh and i believe uh upcoming pretty soon we've got uh the traders coming Mm. out uh, so stay tuned for coverage of that. You can, of course, always find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong, playing games, hanging out, watching shows uh, live and giving live reactions. It's always a fun time. Uh, and if you have any questions about like other shows, uh, I tend to watch a lot of them. So you can just like hang out and ask them. Uh, so it's a good time. And you can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. I just did a quick little one-hour recap of The Witcher Blood Origin, which was the spinoff of the Netflix series, prequel series that came out on Christmas. Did that with Angela. Overall, I'd say the show was fine. If you want to get more into our overall opinions on that, be sure to check it out as we don't once again into the continent and the world of fantasy on Netflix. Uh, Other than that, Josh and I are going to come back after a brief yachtist with a a little bit something different for Down the Hatch. We're experimenting with Battlestar Galactica. Uh, We're going to be watching the big miniseries that mm. uh, that then served as a prologue to the entire series proper, just to, to test the waters to see if that's going to be our next big endeavor. Josh has, of course, seen the entire thing. In a first for Down the Hatch, I've watched maybe seven episodes, and I don't remember a lot. So this would be a very <laughs> unique experience, but I'm excited to go into space with uh, Colonel Adama and the crew and get uh, get to dip our toes a little bit into the waters of something different before we get back to Heroes Proper. And then over on the reality TV side of things, uh, Tough as Nails season four premieres Mm. on January 4th. I'm going to be doing coverage of that with Rob and Jess and maybe some other stuff along the way as we, uh, again, while other shows are happening, you know, the CBS reality shows are going to 
start things back up again in just a little bit of time before we know it. Of course, if you want to catch up on everything that we're doing, not just Last of Us, be sure you subscribe to our post-show recaps feed wherever you may find it. And also, if you have the means to do so, you can become a patron of Post Show Recaps at postshowrecaps.com slash patron. That's where you get access at the $5 level to our lovely, lovely Discord, where we are talking about so many things, including The Last of Us. Grace mentioned the Discord before, where people are already having discussions, speculating about what plot points might come up. So if you're a like-minded lover of The Last of Us and you want to find a place to talk about it, be sure to become a patron. You become a patron at any time. We appreciate any support that you might give. So that's going to do it for this installment of The Last of Us. Next coming up, I think we're going to get separate podcasts in the lead up to the premiere from uh, Josh and LaTanya introducing the new conceit for Versus for this season, as well as perhaps a bit of an introduction to the First Watch podcast. But the next thing proper you'll get is Grace and myself on Sunday night, January 15th, recapping the premiere of The Last of Us. I'm very excited. I hear the premiere itself is quite good, and I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Grace. Quite long, so, I've heard. Quite, quite long, long as well. So, yeah, uh, grab your grab your popcorn, take some loo breaks if you need to in the middle of it, uh, because make it'll sure be... your PVR is set properly for the full exactly. Episode. Yeah, your darkness yeah. is, is calibrated right. and everything. So it's going to be a long night, but it's going to be a very good night as we embark in a hell of a way to start 2023. Thank you all so much for listening. Grace, Taryn, thank you. I'm really looking forward to listening to your coverage as well throughout this season. We'll check you all out on the premiere on January 15th. Take care. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.